what um so the new office how much how much do you think that's just going to change like i know you said it's going to be your own space and it's going to be a little larger and you're going to have like different conference rooms and stuff but like did you have any input on like choosing the office like designing it a little bit are you reconstructing it at all like what's what's been that process yeah so i had so it's funny i had no um insight or anything into the office we were getting all i basically told the like i i just didn't have time to be honest here tristan like i was yeah. just balls to the walls on this stuff i was like guys like like we have a team like Sasky and aiken uh who are basically like our gurus our organizational gurus and marketing gurus in the company and they love mm -hmm. this stuff and they're great at it it's like cool go all i really want is like a loft style kind of office high ceilings my own our own our salespeople or your own space to be able to take calls and stuff like that because it's very call centric um, and a big common area that we can host events, do different things. Um, and then also a boardroom where we can come together and collaborate right. um, as a setup. And then I said, I want all, obviously we want a kitchen and all that different stuff as well, but they kind of handle that. And then on the logistics side, I was just like, yeah, like um, I just want a ping pong table, the ping pong table. Like, and like that was basically the big thing for me. I want like uh, a TV, like uh, maybe we hook up a, a like an Xbox or maybe we yeah. hook up like a PS4. Um, our tech team guy wanted a nap room. So there's actually like a, a small nap room in the back that people can go crash on. Right. Like, so everyone had their own little things. My big thing was like the layout has to be cool. Um, and ultimately the ping pong table, because uh, you can do so much, so many different things on a ping pong table. And so, uh, and then uh, my thing was like, so I never saw the office actually, Tristan, until, yeah. so we went, we closed, we went, they saw a bunch of offices where they closed on one um, and they were describing it like, man, this thing needs an overhaul. There's like this purple wall, the, the, the walls are beat to shit. And I was like, I was hearing them talking about it. I'm like, wow, this, why would you guys close on this office? It sounds like work. the worst office ever, <laughs> which it does. It needs work. But then, like, I never saw it. So I'm like, all right, well, I should go probably check this out. So I actually went, they closed on it. I went and checked it out, like, two weeks later after we signed everything. And I was like, and then, like, I'm, like, very much, like, a visionary type of person. Hmm. So, like, when I, like, I, I, I was in a fraternity at school. And so I come back and I see, like, when I see an open space, I go, wow so many things could happen here even though it could be the most grotesque open space ever so i walk so i walk into this place and i go dude this is like the sickest thing ever i was like this is unbelievable here's a huge open space where we can host events here's like an open area that we can collaborate and people can come and have their lunch and it'd be great uh here's the boardroom area oh awesome we got a great view of the cn tower in the background across roy thompson hall perfect clients are gonna love this yo maybe we can even have a wall with all their client logos up on it here and then sasky kind of reels me back in and goes troy this is what we can do and this is what we're going to do but sure. but i'll work but i'll but i'll work with you on that and so listen like we're just getting in there now where painters are in there right now painting up the walls we're not we had knocked down a couple walls make a big open area take away the reception area but yeah new office man it looks cool um, it'll all come together like in the next like two or three weeks. And yep. I'm really excited, man. That'll be your own space. We good to get in there. King, uh, King West. Like it's right across from where Thompson Hall. Right, right across from where Thompson Hall. So it's actually, you know, Gracie's the bar. You have to know. Oh, no. Yeah. You're, you're not, you're not 18 years old. Um, so <laughs> Gracie's is like a, a hotbed old Irish bar in Toronto. Uh, yeah. We're literally like 
one block away from that. So it's right on King and Duncan, which is right off King and King and uh, King and Adelaide or King and Spadina. No, no, no. Sorry, not King and Spadina. Sorry, King and Adelaide um, that goes sure. across. Um, so yeah, it's really King and Adelaide. No, those run parallel. What is it? King and Duncan. King and Duncan. Uh, Ray. Yeah, King and Duncan. Yeah, right there. So and I think there's like Elephant and Castle in there stuff too, but like um, you, yeah. So that's so Elephant Castle is um on the on the uh, east point of yes. across the street. If you go all the way, you start walking past Roy Thompson, all past the Walk of Fame, past the uh, theater, uh, what is that, the Mervish Theater or whatever, and then you get to the corner there. There's like it's Road Duncan. Uh, we're right on the corner. Awesome. Oh, okay, okay. So you're oh, okay, okay. You're on the same side as uh, Roy Thompson Hall. We're on the other side. Okay, on the other side. And Roy Thompson Hall is on the other side. We're on the other side of the street. We're like, you know the Blue Theater? Yes. Roy Mervish Theater. Yeah, so walk past that. Not going towards Bay Street, but going away from Bay Street. And we're yeah. right there. Um, and then, so, like, is it your own? Like, you have the building to yourself? Right now we do, man. No one's there. It's empty. So we were like, shit. Like, no, it's funny, man. There's, like really cool companies in there uh, a lot of startup tech companies and uh, no one's there they're all working from home um but we have our own space like uh, sure, you walk yeah, up yeah. you go to the you go to the third floor we have like half the half the third okay. floor you walk in big open space really cool we have i'm in office everyone has their own office it's really cool what's that what's that like when you share office space with other companies like how often are you walking past other employees? How often do you overhear things? Do you collaborate? Do you talk about day to day? Hey, Jim, like, do you get to know them at all? Or is it just like, mm. you're just friendly, like on the subway? So I guess what we works, right? Like, and we work yeah. in multiple shared settings. Like you're constantly going over. It's great because it's a huge collaborative area, right? You can have impromptu meetings with other companies and you can probably service other companies, right? So it's sure. really strategic. Um, with us, we're in a building with diff on like typical, like it's a typical like office building, I would say, right. but not really, it's a loft office. So we have our own space. We're not going to like, I'm not going to leave my like personal office within our office and cross over with another person's or for another company. We're right. in our own space, but it's funny. I walked into the building and I was like looking at all the, I walked up every single floor. It's just a salesperson. Me, I was looking at all the logos on the doors, like, oh, who's that? And start making notes, so like, who's that? <laughs> and and I was like, dude, like, we should totally invite them to like our new building get together, like, yeah. have them over, like, let's get them in here. I think it's so cool. So I was like, that guy could be really cool for us. Those guys should come. Those guys are like, this guy's like, um, I don't know, some sort of film company, but they don't probably make come. They're probably cool, artsy people. Yeah, <laughs> like, which is kind yeah. of up your, which is kind of up your alley. You're you're that Peter. guy. I Peter. I, that makes that makes me think of like a start a startup founder who's not as extroverted as you. Like in it's it's almost paramount in order to be successful to have a business partner that is. Because like, what if like you could have the greatest idea at all uh, ever, but like just just what you did there is like you're checking every single floor and like see who's this and you want to shake hands and invite people over and have a social gathering like someone who's introvert is not going to do that and they could they could miss out on growth opportunities yo it's so funny right so like i used to be like very like self-conscious when i used to go out like I used to be like not like uh, i used to get really aware like really uncomfortable like and judge like feel like people were judging me all the time okay i think it's just about getting more comfortable in your own skin like you don't give a fuck really yeah. 
And uh, that's what I really kind of took for, I have like no shame, but it's like, I also like don't even have shame because I like, this is just me and people love it. People like this stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah like, it's great. Yo, like I'll go knock on your door and like introduce myself. Like, hey, how's it going? We're Troy from Green Cubers across the hall. I wanted to introduce right. ourselves. Here's a gift basket. We'd love to have you guys over or something. Like, I think that stuff's great. Why would you want? People that? appreciate that kind of stuff, but like, I I agree. I find myself to be a a likable person, someone who can get along with others. I don't. I, I never get in like, you know, I'm not a big confrontation guy. Um. And, but like, I agree, like I get, I still get nervous going into like social settings where people aren't, the, pe the people are there that I don't know. This, this past Saturday or Sunday, yep. um, I was invited to a friend of mine's like end of summer company party, mm. whatever. She just right. all of her network of friends in this huge creative space. So right. Shel shout out Shelby Weaver. Shelby's the director of player development for the Raptors. Do you know Shelby? Let's go Shelves. No, I said, let's go Shelves. Shelby is from Nova Scotia, Halifax, but. Your, your town. She's from my end. She's a little older than me. She went to St. FX. She rocks the X ring like I do. Um, but yeah, she's huge. She's in the Raptors organization. She's at the top. She's talking to Maasai, whatever. But on the side, she started her own little sneaker customization store called Madhouse. Okay. Lit. You get a, you get a fresh pair of air force ones and it's like clay cafe. You go in there and you paint and create your designs, whatever. That's her, that was her first startup. Well, I don't want to paint my shoes. I'd be terrible. Oh no, you but can't. I get you can. Crisp and clean <laughs> not out of the box, but it, that's <laughs> a great idea. If people are into that, that's there. That's, that's a segment. What she just uh, opened up, last year i think they had their year or maybe it's three years no couldn't be three years anyway she just combined or opened up a store called uh make way which is a mm. women's empowerment uh streetwear boutique fashion Love jewelry it. shoes um everything and they they basically source from women owned businesses and reselling and stuff Shelby, Shelby sounds like a superstar, man. Shelby is like, Shelby's the goat. Love it. Anyways, both of her stores are in stacked market. So if you're ever in stacked, anyone listening, if you're ever in stacked, go shout out Shelby, tell, tell her uh, we sent you. Anyway, so she was, <laughs> it was, it was funny. I was going golfing with my buddies on Sunday. I'm walking across uh, the bridge by stacked market on, uh, at the end of Bathurst. Let's mm. go to the liquor store, get a couple of beers for the golf course. Car car drives by beep beep and it's it's Shelby of course I haven't seen her since I've been moved to Toronto. She texts me, "Hey, what's up? Like, uh, what are you doing Sunday or tomorrow Sunday? What are you doing? Um, we're yep. having a party. You should come. Whatever." I'm like, "Okay, I would love to come." Brought a friend of mine, um, and, and we showed up to the party. And like, it was it was the small invited guest only space of people that I've seen in the creative industry in Toronto that do do stuff with the NBA, do their cool. own entrepreneurial stuff. People at like Soho House, like that I've yeah. like those kind of people. And it, it was the first time in a while. Like I went into this place kind of like nervous because I look up to someone like Shelby. We're I can say we're friends, but it's not like we talk every day and whatever. But it's yeah. like I'm in this space with like a, such a great opportunity to like shake hands and network and like get to know some people. But I walked away from the party 
feeling like I didn't extract or use it to my advantage. And I didn't meet as many people as I wanted to. And I don't know. I just like, I was, I was, I was clammy in the moment. I was like, Oh, I like Shelby's looking. I want I, I don't want to be like that guy. What I don't want to embarrass myself, but like, I'm sitting here. Yeah. Like, why, why am I embarrassing myself? Like, what would I be embarrassing myself for? So like, like, have you ever had a, had a, something like that as well where you're just like man you're not maybe you just weren't clicking it wasn't your night like maybe the expectations were far too high you're not going to get to everyone at the event right i know you want to but it's so it's funny you're bringing this up i knew you're going to kind of go down the event side so events i went to my first in-person event as like a founder of green cube like three weeks ago Okay. I sh- um, we had our, our, our intern brought me who booked me. He actually booked the event guy, like Alex, the guy of 17. He's like, Brownie points for the intern, bringing the boss. Yeah, go. He's like, Troy, I'm, I'm taking you to event. I bought the tickets. Like, he actually bought the fucking tickets. He's like, I'm taking you. I'm like, all right, man, we're, I'll go with you. This is last day and everything, so make sure why not. Okay. So, I was at a bar at Young and St. Clair, walk upstairs and everything, and people have their name tags and stuff, and everyone's. It, it reminded me a lot of like a middle school dance. It was like you had, it was, and maybe it was very tech, kind of a tech kind of conference. So maybe like the most extroverted people in the world. Right. Um, but it was interesting. Like people were all like in their little huddles and all this different stuff. And Alex being him is like, we should go talk to everyone. We're going to close everyone. And I'm like, no, like, uh, I'm like, I was like, but like, I want, so I felt in that moment, I was like, man, I'm, I feel a little like awkward. Like I felt yeah. the, like, but it was, so I felt a sliver awkward. Right. And so I went like, wow, like I've never, I've felt like this in like 15, 18 months. Like I usually am super, like even when I go out to like social parties and stuff like that, like I'm so comfortable with me right now. That's awesome. Um, and people, people build off of that. And so like, I was a little awkward and I was silent, but then like, I kind of like snapped out of it. And I said, dude, let's just go sit down, have a beer, enjoy ourselves. Um, and what I, what I, what started to happen was actually, and I don't know, I want to say it's like my social strategy too, but you parked up and you post up at a certain place in a room. If you start to, if you have good energy organically in that moment, then people will actually gravitate towards you. Agreed. And so what happened, what happened was um, we started, people started coming over and introducing themselves um, actually at the events. We were sitting at the table, enjoying ourselves. Um, eventually what happened then um, you kind of get into the mix of your night. You then kind of maybe get up, you're going to get a beer um, see someone else. Hey man, how's it going? I'm Troy, blah, blah, strike up a conversation that way mm-hmm. and kind of get into it. But I did, I felt out of place at that event, Tristan, to start. But as what my kind of tactic is get your feet under you at those events, go, go have a drink, take a little bit of load off, post up, talk to the person there that you're with, enjoy their company as well. And eventually that energy resonates with the room when they go, wow, who are those two guys? We got to go talk. To them. Yeah, I, I agree. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's what we kind of did. We did at the party, but I, I think like the big, like the biggest thing is like, and then, and I've always experienced this too, when you have like a boy's night out or something and you're like, Oh, this is going to be the greatest night. Like I swear to God, (laughs) if this doesn't happen, I'm going to be like, it has to happen. And I'm like, and in those moments, I'm so good at being like, bro, like, why are you stressing over what you want to happen? Like you're going into this thing with, expectations the best way to have the best night is to go into it without expectations and i think that's where i messed up sunday i was like "Ooh, shelby shelby inviting me to this for this cool party 
I or, had to or you did it. It sounds like you got shell shocked. I did. I think I did. It, it didn't help that I brought, I brought a date, which I like, she, she was great. Like she's like, she actually helped me like be more social and, and, and confident. I was like, damn, like I'm impressed by, by that. But I think that like kind of threw me off being like, Hey, I'm bringing someone that they don't know. And like, is that going to be weird? And like, I was in my entire head. I was shell shocked. I think also like, like, I don't, like, I don't really envision me bringing anyone to an event that's a, like, like their date, unless I'm like seeing them, like seeing yeah. them, seeing them too. I think it makes it more difficult because you're not only, you get walk in that event, you go, shit, these are like people I admire and they're, I want to have conversations with these people, but then, oh shit, I also brought a date and I got mm. to entertain her. Mm. And so then you're like, then you're like getting stretched. You're like, do I go talk or do I not? Now I don't know what to do with myself. And so I actually like going to events. Um, it sounds fucking weird. I used to do it. I like going to events solo sometimes. Yeah. Because yeah. you kind of, you can just feel out the night. Uh, you could not like social events, but I like going to events like professional events, maybe solo. Cause then you're not linked to anything. Sure. And you kind of just let it run free. But again, that takes a certain personality to go awesome. do that. Yep. No, I wouldn't say confident, just like maybe a little weird. Well, <laughs> no, it's weird if you go to a restaurant by yourself and sit down. Like, I, don't, I don't do that. I do take out. I've gone to a bar by myself before, though. I've done that. Where like some of my buddies are like, shit, you know, I'm tired, not doing it. I'm like, dude, I didn't come all the way out to London, Ontario for fucking nothing. We're going out three nights in a row. So yeah. I went out on Thursday. I went out by myself on a Thursday. True story. Great night. And what? Fun. Like, it's- just sat at the bar and talked to the bartender until you like talked to somebody or walked no that not, well no that's when i was younger and i was like we're gonna have a great night i walked in the place yeah. and people just love love life so it was it was a very organic one but yeah okay, I, okay. I, I, that makes sense i think um i think especially for the hackathon do you think you're still gonna have it at uh love child or is it gonna take place yeah in- yeah we're we're gonna go out. we're gonna go do something big but we gotta we gotta we're just so i I should have scheduled it when uh, we were finished with the offices and stuff. Cause it's yeah, not just, in the it's middle cute. of it. Not, not at the first day that we move in uh, or start furniture moving. Um, yeah, everyone yeah. shows up the next day hungover. And- everyone's going to be sweat. Everyone's going to be sweaty as shit. Uh, <laughs> it smelled terrible. Um, yeah, no, I think we'll move it to, uh, we'll move it to like, I want it, maybe we'll do like a Halloween party or something like that. Maybe that's something we'll do. Sounds pretty cool. I don't know. We'll um, figure it out. Speaking of like events and, and meeting people and networking and whatever, like what's, what's the alumni networking base like uh, for Dartmouth? Oh, it's all, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, from an event perspective, I guess, well, for just from an alumni perspective, um, one of the best alumni, I would say it's ranked like one of the, like the best one. Of the, I think it's like, mm-hmm. top, I think it actually was ranked. Um, by like uh, by one of the prominent magazines, might have been yesterday as like one of the best alumni networks possible. Sure. Um, I never really even tapped into that network until like just recently. So like, I came out, did the whole pro hockey thing. I reached out to like we had like um, a mentoring program with like some Dartmouth ex Dartmouth hockey players who worked for like Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs. All these guys were like DP level people when I was like coming out and didn't really know what the fuck I wanted to do. So I was like, sure, I'll go talk to the investment banking guy who works on wall street. Why not? Um, typical move that you do uh, when you come out of school. And so I did that. I was like, cool. Awesome. I'm going to be investment banker and work on wall street. Right. right. 
eventually like I didn't do that and came back and started skip. But um, it was actually funny. I went to an interview um, with the guy who works for uh, um, kind of a boutique investment bank actually here in Toronto. Uh, they specialize in like merger acquisitions, uh, bought deals and stuff at the time. I walked in there like with my Dartmouth degree, um, like a suit and everything, went and sat across from the guy. He, he used to play for Colgate yep. like 20 years ago. Um, and he had this role. He it's a pretty decent sized firm. And uh, ultimately, I was gonna like walk. Someone made an introduction for me to go in there. He's like, Troy, you know what? Listen, man, like uh, I know you don't like I, I have an econ degree. I didn't have like a financial modeling degree, like from the commerce. But he's like, you're a smart enough guy. You could probably pick it up. But um, I'm just looking at your resume right now. And uh, yeah, it's like, why do you want to do this? I said, like, what do you mean? Like finance like typical answer when you come to school it's a, it's a it's a great it's a great job a really good career path like all like the cookie cutter answers he goes dude and then i he basically troy like if uh like i have a great lifestyle right now i have a great family i love what i i i, I he never said i love what i do but he says i i just do it um i have a i have my job supports my lifestyle i'll never forget mm-hmm. that my job supports my lifestyle and then he said basically um but would i do it all over again and go into this probably not and so right there but he said he left on the table for me uh like i'll still give you the job because i know you'll be able to like learn it and stuff but um you get back to me and basically i reached back out and said yeah no i'm gonna go pursue this thing called skip and that was it like and that was a big moment like i'll never forget that conversation because i could have went down a path there and it very like kind of jumped into that finance circle maybe hey maybe working at like uh like a venture fund or a private equity fund or something like that, doing mostly like um, IB stuff. But I took a path to go down and try out that skip thing, which then led to the New York thing, which then led to the Toronto thing, and then went here. But it's just like, it's funny, right? Like you pull certain stuff out um, out of those initial conversations um, that you have with people. And that I feel like, I don't know if you have this too, but like, I like, there are certain like snippets of conversations I have in my life that I'll never forget. Oh, like, sure. one-liners, And that was one of them. I um as 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 much as you don't ever forget those moments, I kind of wish like like think about all the other conversations that you've had that you don't remember that could have just been as valuable. And I'm always like, damn, I wish someone was following me with a camera or like I recorded that and I could listen back to it or like like just even just like conversations with your your parents or like with your dad across dinner or for drinks or like almost like these little therapy sessions where you like, again, it just goes back to like the whole uh, like substitute for a journal and, and, and how valuable journals can be. Mm. And, and like the, the, the power of reflection and looking back at times, like if you could go back to all of your conversations or even job interviews or the, or like the conversations that you had with the guys at Goldman Sachs, you played on the hockey team. Like, yeah. like how cool, how cool would that be? That, that'd be great. that I think that'd be, that'd be valuable stuff. Yeah. I think you like it, it would be value valuable to you maybe at the time. Right. Hmm. Um, I think it's interesting, right? You, 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 I, you, the reason why you can't remember stuff in those conversations that you probably would have remembered today if you had the same conversation right. is because you're just 22 years old coming out of school and hmm. not really knowing what you want to do with your life. Hmm. Um, 
Like, uh, I mean, I wish I could have that conversation back. Cause I tell the guy you're, I have a lot more astute stuff, but I think that's what comes and goes. Right. And it's, it's, it's funny, right? Like someone, um, someone who's in the, across the table, right. And that you're hiring that person. Like, it's funny that you, I can like, they can put themselves in their, in those, it's really good if someone can put themselves in the shoes of the person that's hiring at that age for an entry level position or X, Y, Z and say, you know, man, like, I know that you don't have all the answers today. You're saying all the right things. Um, it's a matter at, at the end of the day, it actually comes, comes down to whether that person believes in you yeah. to be able to do that job. It actually doesn't come down to, yeah, you got to have everything checked off on your resume and everything like that. But really, man, at the end of the day, when it comes down to hiring, it's like, do I think you can get the job done? Not on day one, but eventually. Yeah. Like, are you, uh, do I believe in your uh, ability to learn quickly? Yep. Um, obviously, the the faster, the better for, for the company and whatever. But I, like, I think about that as well. Like, uh, before, like, I don't know when it was. When I first moved to Toronto, when I was looking at all these job boards and everything, just reading job descriptions, I would come across some of these, like, marketing positions where I studied yep. marketing. And I, and I was like, holy shit, like this, I don't know anything. I like, I don't know any of this stuff. Like, I don't even know if I could, like, I was afraid to apply in case that I couldn't do the job. Like, cause if you told me to do it right now, like I would, I would have no idea how to do it. But I think like you have to understand, this is what I don't think I knew coming out of school. And I don't think a lot of, a lot of people know coming out of school too, is like, I don't think employers expect you to be at the top of the, of your role on day one. It's like, you have to learn, like you, you're going to learn how to do the job that you're applying for. It's yep. like, I did like, how, how do you bound? Do you do the hiring at green cube or what? I'm involved. Yep. Now I am. So, so like, do you have any empathy for that? Like thinking back to when you came out of school for like fresh grads or like, yeah, you gotta have at least like the criteria checked off. But at the, at the end of the day, like it's all about learning so at the same time. It's so funny, right? Like we just hired someone this week, um, U of T grad. You know, he's like, he took a, he took a psychology or ethics or something like that. U of T grad, uh, someone who ultimately we know, if you go to U of T, it's a good school. Like we know it's a good school. You know, you, if you graduate, you can't be an yeah. idiot basically. Um, then he, then basically like it said on his resume that he was a, a baker. He actually was a baker at like a ghost kitchen and stuff like that. And he took ethics and all this. Like, it's like it's a philosophy major. And then you look at someone on paper, right? And um, it was it's funny, actually. The intern that left, Alex, the brilliant guy, found this guy. Okay. I don't know why. Found him. Somehow, Alex. Brilliant guy. And so we have, I jump on a call with him. And uh, ultimately, I go like, wow, like this guy's, you look, if you went by this guy's resume, right. you wouldn't think that that was the person on the other side. Mm. and i started talking to him the guy came in this week and he's fucking killing it it's unbelievable came in fears oriented creative really fit in like a glove and that's an, a pure example of someone that if you took the person's uh resume yeah um a lot of people listen man if they weren't us um or even a lot of other companies i'll say that fact if they weren't us um uh, they wouldn't have taken a, they wouldn't have taken uh, that first call with him. They wouldn't mm -hmm. even have taken that first call. They would have, and a lot, you know what, to be fair to a lot of companies like corporations, 
they don't have time to actually take that first call. But um, I'm really happy we did. And ultimately, we took a little bit of a gamble, but um, he was able to come in. And he's made made us made me very proud in the first few days. That's well, it, it, like from a company standpoint, like or from like an applicant standpoint, it's like it doesn't take that long to find out whether like, like especially for someone like you that has good character and a good judge of character. Like I'm sure you jump on that call and immediately, like you, whether you gel with the guy or not, you can tell in the first two minutes. Oh, I knew, I knew within the first like, yeah, minute that this guy would be a fit. I usually like, I mean, we had another interview today where the guy wasn't a fit. Um, I, and I recognize that right off the bat and, that's not like me judging that. Like if you're no. if you're on the other side of that if you're on the other side of that call and you don't and you can kind of feel like that's not this isn't really gelling, um, then you should know that, right? Um, on that front. So, but as a 22 year old, 21 year old, uh, you're just hoping to get any job possible. So that's right. That's right. What's it's the um? It's um. There's a saying that floats around all the time. It's like hire fast, but fire faster. Um, um, and I think like Gary, I've heard Gary V talk about this all the time. He says like, it's not about the whole hiring. It's like, it's, it's about like having the ability or, um, the empathy or whatever, like the, like when you don't put your emotions into it, it's like, Hey, admit that you made the wrong hire and then, and then fire them. Like ultimately you're, you're in control. it's up to you to make the decision of whether or not to keep someone or, or not keep them. If they're a right fit, if they're not. And like, if you hire the wrong person, let them go and find someone new. But so I think, yeah. like, would you agree that so many founders like get caught up in finding the right person that's going to change their business or help what they're currently doing? The, I would, I can't speak for so many founders. I think uh, we were new at the hiring stuff at the start. So like, we didn't really know um, we were, very new to this. Um, yeah. I didn't, I'd never hired anyone before. Mm-hmm. So we started going along this process. Um, you just learn about it. You learn like what works, what doesn't work. Um, ultimately, uh, on that saying that you said, I was basically going to say to that was, um, I think that method is you hire and then you get to know a lot about someone really yeah. fast. Right. But you also need to be able to take into account the operational risk of the role that you're hiring for. So in his his area, I think he uh, I saw Gary V talk about like how if you're a person coming out of school because you got nothing to lose, you should work for free just to get in the door and get inside and learn, right? Um, and that ultimately what that does is um, um, it allows the employer to really get to see like when like it's all risk based, right? So like when someone says I'll work for free for you, what are you gonna say? No. Like you're going right. to say, yeah, yeah, you're going to say, yeah, yeah, sure. If you, if you think the person's not like a psycho, like you're going to sure. say, yeah, sure. Why not work? Come work for us. Cause there's no, anyone risk. who's yeah. no, there's no risk to me. Um, but ultimately if you work out, then, uh, you prove yourself to me, I'm going to probably pay you handsomely. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where Gary V's coming from is you should do whatever you can to get in the door and build trust. I think that's what he's meaning with that. Um, and as a person, as a young person, um, you need to get compensated. But I think what a lot of young people do is they focus on the salary number yeah. versus the law lo- versus the long-term opportunity and growth. Mm. And listen, it's hard. It's easy for me to say that because I have vested, vested equity in this thing. Um, but 
it's not, it's, it's beyond that. I think that takes like, it takes a lot of mentors and people to say, you know what, take a pay cut, say, oh, you'll work for five or 10 grand less. Cause guess what, man, you get in the door there, you show them what they can do, what you can do. And guess what? Person's going to, you're going to turn around the person in six months when they have dependencies on you and say, guys, listen, you know, that 10 K behave if I want, want, I want that back. And guess what? The person might, if they're a good manager or they're a good boss, they're going to say, you don't have to ask me for it. Here it is. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's kind of where he's coming from. It's like you got to. It's like no. It's kind of like sales. Like you get in the you discount or you offer free trial. You get in the door, right? Maybe some young people, if they're coming out, should take those internships, those free internships. Take those things. But you also need. It's tough because guess what? It's tough on young people because you need that person should not be going to work for someone that they don't think um, could lead to a bigger future with that person. Hmm. They should not, they should not go work for uh, a bank or a person that they think they're going to get taken advantage of. There is to be a level of trust on like before they even go where the person says, I don't really, Troy, I trust you. I trust that you're going to be right by me. And that when I come and I put in the work, I know that you're going to basically give me my due. And so it actually is not just, um, a, it's not just a, a person's perspective and a young person's perspective. It really also falls on the employer to basically say, I'm going to take a risk on you, buddy. Hmm. And we're going to go. And I'm taking, I know like you've, de- you've de-risked it for me a bit with the salary thing, but I do, I, but I know for a fact that I'm going to look out for you when you perform. Like that person, that employer has to look out for that employee or it's fractured. That's right. And, and as much as you say, like you're limiting risk by taking someone on, you're still investing time and, and energy into someone, someone new into your company. And, and, and you, there is a little bit amount of risk. It's not monetary risk, but it's still like giving them the information behind closed doors and, and it's what the processes are. Right. Yeah. I mean, Alex is a perfect example of this. Alex was a 17 year old just coming out of high school. Wow. Unbelievable. Uh, I did his, uh, he's just texting me right now. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, yeah, I guess guy, he's at Western right now. And Ivy is just texting me now. Um, so he says, so I do like his uh, high school show back in like December. It's like his law, his law club okay. <laughs> at Vaughn Secondary School. Okay. So we got to know him. He invited me to the show. Uh, it'd be like a Zoom call like this, but to, like, 30 kids Hilarious. and uh I, I guess i said something at the time and again like i wasn't we weren't firm with green key what the heck was going on and uh i must have said like casually i was like yeah man there'll probably be an internship for you like here in the summer right like fast forward like summer 2020 the kid followed up with me every week it's like troy can we get on a call and talk about that internship we get on a call and talk about the internship we get he saw like a little thing and i said eventually i said okay alex fine he's like troy i'm supposed to be starting my internship today fine okay and so i went to the board i got approval to hire a 17 year old turned 18 18 year old intern and we did i was like listen we're not going to pay him much he's in here he wants to work and do everything kid comes showed up in the office first day suit handbag everything ready to go sits I, down i think i think we recorded an episode on his first day yeah probably man i remember so he, yeah it's the story of alex man so what happened was we were paying him like we're paying him much. Um, ultimately, kid came in and he proved me right. 
Team loved them. I started getting involved with tech, ops, everything. Turns around to me and says, Troy, I got so, I'm doing so much more work than I thought I was going to be doing. I said, you're right. We'll give you a pay increase. Pay him for his hours. And so that's what happened. He got in the door through persistence. We hired a, we hired a high schooler. High schooler got in the door and came to work for like one of the fastest growing startups in Toronto. Like that doesn't correlate with like typical hiring processes, but the guy was so persistent and showed for the person for behind the, the resume instead of the resume in front of the person to get that job. Right. We need to get Alex on, on an episode because I think oh, man, he's been asking to get on. He's been asking to get on. He, that's <laughs> hilarious because that's like, so many people could learn from his story. Like people are always complaining, Hey, I can't get a job. I'm sending my resume into a hundred companies. No one's getting me back. Da, 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 da. But like a high schooler got into one of the fastest growing tech companies in, in Toronto. It's a, it's a remarkable story. It's a, listen, I have so much respect for the kid because he's way beyond his years with just levels of persistence. He has no fear. He's just super hungry, really smart. Um, but, uh, to, I'm going to brush my own shoulder off on the back. Like I was, uh, we were susceptible as a company to say, okay, we're going to let the 17-year-old mm. intern come into the office mm. and work. And give. And that 17-year-old, literally, the, the age, what happened was he came in as a 17-year-old intern. He left just as Alex. Yeah. That was really cool to see. And he earned that. He was, we need Alex, not the 17-year-old intern. We need Alex. Alex became a huge asset for our company. You weren't you weren't a little concerned in your mind of being like, oh, like what am I doing here? Like, is this the right play? Dude, hundred percent. But like that's where salary risk, so everything comes down to dollar and cents. And I said, okay, pay you this. Okay, great. I'm really happy to work. Came in, and then all of a sudden he just started performing. And then everyone loved him. And then he was infectious and he was high energy and the board loved him. The board was like, Who's this Alex guy? He's the best guy in the world. And uh, he made a name for himself um, organically through his own personality, but he didn't, it wasn't about the money for him. It was just about the opportunity and to work with, I think to work with me uh, at the start, which was really cool. I think he, uh, there's kind of a mentor mentee relationship there, uh, but then also work with this company and like the guy, the kid literally cried on his last day uh, with green cube. He's still, he's still, he's still on our Slack channels and shit. He cried yeah. because he was so upset because he built like a, he got so entrenched with the family here as startup is. And he's like, I live and bleed this stuff. He just sent me a text. He's like, I got to get us out to Western. I got into, us into the Western student fair and all this stuff. So I was like, okay, man, we'll figure that out. But it's awesome, yeah, and, man. And I think like the whole, like, you know, is it the right decision? That's where the Gary V hire fast, fire faster. Yeah. Like, if he walked in the first day and you're like, oh, I made a big mistake. It's one, having the humility to admit that you made the wrong mistake to, right. to your coworkers, to the board and say, hey, I messed up. But two, yeah. it's a simple fix. All right, Alex, this isn't working out by. It's not like feeling, oh, I feel bad for the guy or like attacked. Yeah. Or, um, so, so that's where the higher fast it's, and faster is. But it's also like you got to hire people that are persistent. You got to hire people who are not persistent, but resilient. Yeah. Like I had a, I, I don't know. And that was never brought up. I was like, you got to be resilient to shit when you walk in the door. Just based on like how he, the process of him getting the job um, yeah. and how he and how he got there, how he created a job for himself. There was no job. He yeah. created that job for himself. 
uh, just through his want and his opportunity to be there. Um, and then he came in on day one and guess what? Wasn't getting paid much. He was getting all the stuff thrown in on his plate and he was just resilient to it. He was asking, what can I do more? How can I be of help? Where can I go? And then he started getting involved in tech and operations, did our hiring, like all this different stuff. And guess what? It, it, he said, Troy, I have so much work on the plate. Like, I can't be doing this for this. And I said, you're right. Here's a, here's a raise. That was this sound. He's like, okay, that's cool. I can do that. Right. But he earned that. And like, that's what Gary V means, but you need people to come in and want to, yeah, it's like, you got to want to grow for yourself, but also like really love what you do and be passionate about it. And that's tough to find. And that's where like the higher fast fire fast, you really start to figure out whether people are passionate about this first. Mm -hmm. And if they're not, then it's not, it's not um, amicable for both parties to be there, not just the company. Right. It's two people, two parties involved. If you're not passionate about what you're doing, you're just coming here to sit in the seat or you're just coming here to twiddle your thumbs and just get to get to the five o'clock, then ultimately like you're hurting, you're hurting each other because mm -hmm. you're hurting the company because you're not giving, you're not giving your utmost effort and you're increasing your ceiling. And guess what? You're also hurting yourself because you're not progressing yourself forward. And so it's really, you, yeah. we always hire to make sure that people can progress themselves with us never just a one say hey, working for the company it's we're working together to grow this thing to collective effort i want to talk i want to meet alex i want to know where he learned this persistence whether he was studying gary v like if his parents <laughs> i think he probably like, would he is he's one of those guys you know like because that's 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 a good story and it's like making me question like why the hell is he going to university when he wanted to stay like green, like stay at Green Cube. You know what I mean? Be, be that. Well, but trust me, man. He was he was saying, I don't have to go to school. I'm just gonna do this. And I said, uh, Yeah. First off, uh, your mom will call me again and kill me. <laughs> yeah. Mom was calling me, Tristan. Like, uh, and I like trust me. I'm gonna look out for him. It's all good. Um, and second of all, marks are important. Get your degree. That's the yes. backbone of where you can project off of. And guess what, buddy? You've already earned yourself a job or a role out of school before you went into school that's pretty spectacular and you and i told them you earned that not right. me it wasn't that wasn't i didn't give you that you took the 17 year old intern slot and earned a connect connections with amazing people but also you earned a job at a school before you even go to school but if you don't get good marks we're gonna fucking rip you into a new one so that's a good motivator for alex hey shout out alex one time we'll get him on the show one of these days um, and that is Act 18, ladies and gentlemen. Act 18, buddy. Bye, Tristan. Take care, boss.